0: Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and periodically some interesting off-topic episodes that, for no other reason, your host finds interesting. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the Senior Meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio, a position I've enjoyed for over three decades. In just a moment, we'll explore today's topic. You can find and listen to this podcast via any podcast app by searching for Weather Jazz One Word. Every episode is also available via the website weatherjazz.com, which is also where you'll find any accompanying information and links to which I may make reference. And this is episode number 63 for Tuesday, March 19th, 2019, and today is one day before the vernal equinox, better known as the first day of spring. Now, I've got a. Essentially, step back here and admit something to you. I'm not a big fan of astronomical spring, summer, fall, and winter. And here's why. Uh, Because these dates actually float around a little bit because our calendar is not exact and precise. It is uh, uh, not an astronomical calendar per se. Because every once in a while we have to make an adjustment. We're adding leap seconds. We're adding leap days. uh, Just so that the calendar can kind of sort of stay in sync. Uh, Meteorologists are much bigger fans of what we call meteorological spring, summer, winter, fall. And for spring, it is basically the three months of March, April, and May. Period. It starts on Uh, march 1st and ends on the last day of may and the first day of summer meteorologically makes sense june 1st june july and august those are the three warmest months anyway right and so for bookkeeping purposes it is just far easier for a meteorologist and when we consider spring um, that began almost uh, two and a half weeks ago uh, but uh, let's go ahead and talk about the astronomical implications of springtime, because that is the point at which the sun is going to cross over in its journey uh, from the southern hemisphere into the northern hemisphere. Now, it doesn't actually do that because the earth is the one that's tilted in its orbit. It remains at a 23 and degree tilt, and it is at The point in its orbit now, where the Sun is directly overhead of the equator and will cross over into the northern part of, or just north of the equator in the northern hemisphere, beginning at 5 58 p.m. tomorrow, or Wednesday, March 20th. Uh, Now, some interesting things happen during the vernal equinox, and let's talk about sunlight. Now, if there were absolutely no atmosphere at all anywhere on the Earth, whereas the, the light from the sun would bend, which it does, but let's say it doesn't. Let's say we all live on an airless planet and we're able to do so. We would all see 12 hours of uh, daylight and 12 hours of nighttime. And at the poles, half of the sun would be up over the horizon, uh, both at the North and the South Pole. Of course, at the North Pole, it would be rising. And at the South Pole, it would be setting. It would take several days to set till it disappeared totally from the South Pole. And it would take several days to completely come up over the horizon over the North Pole. But we have an atmosphere, and that atmosphere acts uh, to bend light. So that's why we don't have uh, an exactly 12-hour day and a 12-hour night on the first day of spring. Because if you look at the sunrise-sunset times, uh, notice that there is a little more daylight than there is night. Why is that? Well, that's because, first of all, the sun... Uh, light, the, the, the solar disk is not a pinpoint. It is a disk. And it's an apparent disk whose first limb, the top limb, rises before the midpoint. And so you get the advantage of that. On top of the fact that we have an atmosphere which is bending the light and allowing us to see the sunlight before it's actually above the horizon. It's bending it. And uh, so we have several minutes more of daylight than we do of nighttime. And here's another interesting facet. If you lived at the poles on March the 20th at 558, and you had totally clear skies and a totally flat horizon, what would you see at the North and the South Pole? You would see... Uh, In both locations, a sun which is up over the horizon. You'd see the entire disk, even though you're exactly 180 degrees polar opposite, literally a polar opposite. The reason being, again, we've got the atmosphere. The atmosphere is bending the light so that you're actually seeing the solar disk before it's actually physically above the horizon in totality. So uh, there you have it, a little bit of lesson on sunlight on the first day of astronomical spring. There are some things that are interesting to note in terms of sunrise, sunsets, and the apparent position of the sun on this particular day. And by the way, aside from the poles, if you went anywhere else on the planet, anywhere else, take a look at the sunrise, sunset uh, times. There are plenty of uh, websites that uh, you can uh, look at the sunrise-sunset times for various cities. Type in any city, any city whatsoever, and you'll have roughly the same amount of sun, just over 12 hours everywhere. doesn't matter where you live. Essentially, it's it's 12 hours, but again, because of the bending of the light and because the sun is not a pinpoint, but rather an apparent disk, Uh, then uh, we have a little more than 12 hours. It's roughly the same, 12 hours and a handful of minutes, no matter where you live, whether it's in Reykjavik, Iceland, Tromsø, Norway, Barrow, Alaska, Fairbanks, Alaska, San Diego, Honolulu, Hawaii, or Perth, Australia, Hong Kong, Moscow, Auckland, New Zealand. Doesn't matter, 12 hours plus a little bit. Uh, every single day, every single place, aside from the polls. Well, there you have it. Happy spring, everybody. Enjoy the day, and uh, perhaps we'll have a special edition of Weather Jazz either tomorrow or on uh, Thursday. About the supermoon, which uh, we'll be enjoying tonight and tomorrow. I'm hoping to uh, get a couple of you to um, interview about uh, maybe some of the things that uh, uh, seeing a beautiful moonlit night means to you what comes to mind and it can be anything it can be something kind of uh, either romantic or it can be something um, uh, that uh, stirs up a a childhood memory whatever it might be i want to get your feedback and i and i want to start getting a little more of this on these programs uh, of weather jazz get you involved all right have a great night everybody and we'll see you soon right here I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast today. And if you're listening via a mobile podcast app, such as Breaker, Overcast, Google Podcasts, or iTunes, among the many that are out there, remember to subscribe to Weather Jazz so that you'll automatically download the new episodes as I am able to upload them. And please take a moment to offer a review, and every single one of those reviews helps to get the word out. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or program idea, I look forward to hearing from you. The best and the fastest method is via email. My email address is simply weatherjazz at yahoo.com. WeatherJazz and weatherjazz.com is copyrighted, and the WeatherJazz signature is a registered trademark, all rights reserved. I look forward to being with you soon with a brand new episode right here on WeatherJazz.